Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Every once in a while, we gotta f*** the religious people. There are 720 churches in Charlotte. I'm sure we can find one where you can stuff your face. Shut up. Quit pointing out the problem. Men will be proud, arrogant, abusive. You watch some of today's rock star pastors, and you will see every characteristic Paul listed played out in vivid detail on the church stage. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. We are at Georgia Tech. It's Witness Wednesday. Mr. Myrtle Beach, while you're walking, could I talk to you on the radio? Uh, you up for that? Sure. Cool. What's your first name? I'm Oren. Oren? Yep. That is an unusual name. Where'd that come from? It's a family name. I'm actually the seventh. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. What's the heritage? What is your, uh, careful of the mud here. Walk over here, young man. What's the, what's the heritage? What is, where does that come from? Um, not exactly sure. Uh, I don't know. But you had a great, 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 great Oren. Yes. From what country? Uh, I mean, I, I'd assume English, maybe some Scottish. I don't know exactly. All right, what are you studying here at Georgia Tech? I'm a mechanical engineer. Because you want to be a mechanical engineer, don't you? I do. Huh? What, is it, what does that mean? What, is, what does a mechanical engineer do? A mechanical engineer can do anything. <laughs> like, well, not anything. Well, I mean, everybody needs an engineer. And if you want an engineer, you might as well get a mechanical engineer because we can do a little of everything. So you could do what an electrical engineer does? Not in as much detail, but we do take a few courses on electrical engineering. Okay, so here's what I just learned. Kind of, you, you would be like the, the general practice doctor of engineering. That's exactly it. As opposed to a specialist in whatever it happened to be. Right, right. We're the backbone. They're the details. Got it. And is there a little bit of an attitude between the different camps? I mean... Not really. I, I think I think the engineers. I sensed are a little united. coming from you that if you're going to get an engineer, get a mechanical engineer. Like you guys are better than the rest. I would not say we were better than the rest. I say without them, we'd have no purpose. So it, it's important to to keep your allies. All right. Speaking speaking of purpose, what do you think your purpose in life is? I mean, yeah, you want to be a mechanical engineer, but you know the big thing what's the point what are you doing where are you going i'm actually looking into the business market no 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 i'm, I'm talking kind of philosophically not just philosophically. how you make a paycheck what ah. is your purpose why are you or in seventh generation here that is a good question and if i had a good answer i would give it how old are you i'm 22 have you pondered it i have thought about it but i've not come to any conclusions have you gotten warm have I gotten warm? Yeah, if you come up with, you know, I'm here to uh, make money. The purpose of life is to have fun, eat, drink, and be merry. The purpose in life is to glorify God. The purpose in life is to what? I think it's I don't, a combination. I mean, there's no direct answers for me, let alone anyone else. It's. Uh, Are you a postmodern? Do you know what that means? Um, not, not in much detail. A postmodern would say, you can believe whatever you want to. That's your truth. It's valid because you believe it. It couldn't be completely different than my truth, but it's still true for you. Would that describe you? In a way, I'd say it would. Um... Okay, so here, let me ask you this question. I happen to be... Here's my answer to the purpose question. Okay. I, I'm a Christian. All right, I am I, as well. I, you are as well. I think the uh, goal in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. All right? Would I, you agree with that? I would agree that is a very good purpose in life. I mean, it's... Okay, change that then. I'm a Hindu, 
And I believe the purpose in life is to lose all of my desires so that ultimately I can enter nirvana or uh, what's, the, what's their paradise? Enter into nothingness. That's my purpose in life. Here's my question. All right. Do you think I'm wrong? You're not hurting anyone. So not the question. Do you think I'm wrong? Do I think you're wrong? Yes, sir. I'm a Hindu. The purpose in life is to lose all desires so that I can be connected to the great big divine. Whatever that happens to be. Well, that's a very... I mean, it's an opinion question. So my opinion is I'm a Christian and I believe in the Christian faith. So but you I think I'm you... Wrong. I'll take it another level for you. You ready for this All right. one? I believe that the great big uh, goddess of the universe is Lady Gaga. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if I and if I say Lady Gaga's name sixteen times right before I die, I'm going to spend paradise in Funky Town with Lady Gaga, singing her greatest hit. What is it? Do you remember the song? I don't even know. Okay. So I'm going to be singing Lady Gaga songs for eternity in okay. Funky Town with Lady Gaga. Do you? think I'm wrong, Oren. Well, I guess you're always opinionated by your own beliefs, so yes, I think you're wrong. There you go, because <laughs> if you're fighting it on the inside going, well, no, you're not wrong because that's what you believe, that's postmodernism, okay. which says you can believe whatever you want to and it's right for you, even though I believe it's completely different than what I believe. All right. So the question really is, if, if I'm wrong, who's right? Who do you think is right philosophically when it comes to God? Do you think you're right? Well... I obviously think I'm right because I believe what I think, but mm-hmm. I guess I can't prove it, just as you can't prove that Lady Gaga isn't the supreme being. No, but I don't have a whole lot of evidence for it, do I? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you a Christian, Horn? Well, I guess it started, I mean, I was born a Christian, I went to church, and I just believed, and I mean, thought about it, and it just, it seemed true to me. Okay. What denomination? Uh, non-denominational. Non-denominational. So you would say that you are a Christian, and would you also say that that is so evident in your life? If I assembled all of your friends, they would say the most important thing in Oren's life is Jesus Christ. Would they say that? I don't believe that they would. I I follow the Bible. I, I believe in the Bible. I try to live the way the Bible um, portrays how you're supposed to live. But, I mean, I'm not widely open about it. I don't know uh, what you're looking for exactly. Nothing specific. If I asked you the question, would you consider yourself to be a good person? What would you say? I, I would say that, yes, I believe I'm a good person. How come? Um, I mean, I, I care about other people. I'm, I want to make sure that uh, no injustices are done to them. And okay. I just... The Bible says that everybody is sinful by nature and corrupt and wicked at heart mm-hmm. and all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags mm-hmm. how do you harmonize that with your opinion that you're a good person drawing a blank here this is a good question uh, will you restate it in a slightly different way the bible says you're a bad person okay you said you're a good person right something's not making sense well i'm not a perfect person i have sins i uh commit injustices um that's because I'm a human, and it's natural for humans to make mistakes. And Orin, for- do you remember a time in your life, because you're how old now? 22. 22. Sometime in your life when 
you know, you were born into the church and you maybe grew up going to church right. and you learned the Jesus songs and that's just mm-hmm. what you did because mom and dad did. But you as a man, when you really thought it over and you realized, you know what, that whole Bible thing, it's very true. And I'm a very bad man and I'm a very bad sinner and I need to be forgiven by God. Yes, I definitely believe that. You know, when did that happen for you? It happened long ago. Um, I don't. I can't give you a time or anything, but I've always been aware of that I do make mistakes, that I'm not perfect, and I definitely need to be forgiven for my mistakes. So I ask for forgiveness for... Uh, would you, would, you know, the, when Jesus said, a, a man must be born again or he will not see the kingdom of God, do you believe that you have been born again? I definitely believe I've been born again. When did that happen? I believe I made the prayer... I think I got the feeling around seven or eight, and then I talked to my parents about it and asked them how how to uh, rectify how Make to become born again. Yes. Yeah. And what did they say? Um, well, I prayed with my mother, and you got to take Jesus into your heart, accept that you do have sins, and he he died on this earth for your sins. Fine. And did you repent? Uh, yes, I was definitely sorry for my sins and still am currently and did you turn from your sins um in some ways yes in other ways no i mean try to do what's right but i still do commit sins i'm aware of i'm sorry i do this is this is a good test or christian sin you're right about that we do sin the difference though between a christian and somebody who's self-deceived is a real Christian does sin, but it's a falling into sin. We fall, we hate it, get back up straight away, apologize and get back to serving God. A false convert or somebody who's not a Christian, they live in sin. They wake up, they plan it, they plot it, they do it, don't care much that they've done it, and then they go to bed and they get up and they repeat the process, and they live a lifestyle of sin. Mm -hmm. Are you the former or the latter when you say that you sin? I, I don't live in sin. I don't ignore my sins every day. I'm very well aware and I'm very sorry for them. And I try to rectify them and not to uh, commit the same sins again. Do you know for sure that if you died right now that you'd be going to heaven? I do. How come? Because um, I believe what the Bible says, that if you accept Jesus in your heart and you ask for forgiveness, that you will be forgiven and accepted into heaven. Okay, so you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that's your eternity. Yes, sir. So I don't need to witness to you. You're good to go. I'm good to go. Rock on. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Warren. It's nice to meet you, too. All right, dude. Go mechanical engineer. All right, thank you. All right, goodbye. Can I get your name? My name is Todd. Todd? Yes. Nice to meet you, you, Warren. What do you think? How did Warren do? That's an example where when somebody says that they are a Christian... And they say that they accepted Jesus or asked Jesus into their heart at the age of seven or eight. It is good to probe. It is good to dig in. It is good to make sure that somebody understands the gospel clearly. Now, is that fellow saved? I sure hope so, don't you? We will keep going here. It is a Witness Wednesday. A skinny one. Georgia Tech on Wretched Radio. Something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace 
of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Master's Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. And thank you all for your prayers as I recover from whatever this was. But while I was out, I did hear Todd mention something pretty cool. Thanks to some very generous gospel partners, you can right now double the impact of your year-end gift to Wretched, which means every dollar you donate will be matched through the end of the year. That's a first for us here at Wretched, so if you've never been a gospel partner, there is literally no better time to give. Visit wretched.org slash donate to get any questions you might have about becoming a gospel partner answered. That's wretched.org slash donate. And thank you for helping us spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ all over the world. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. Henry VIII's act of supremacy makes the king, not the pope, head of the Church of England. While Henry's concerns were largely political, his archbishop, Thomas Cranmer, worked to mold the Anglican Church into a thoroughly Protestant church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Young man. While you're walking, could I ask you just one question on the radio? That'd be okay? Yes. How long have you lived in the United States of America? Uh, I guess it's going to be two questions now. Five months. Oh, five months. Where are you from? I'm from France. No kidding. All right, so here's my question for you, young man. Yeah. You've been here for five months. Let's let's get out of the way of this car so we don't get killed, huh? That's no way to end life. My question for you is, has anybody tried to convert you to their religion? No. Nobody? No. Have they brought it up? Have they asked you what your faith is? Um, some people on the street, yeah. Some people on the street. Mm-hmm. And what did they? What did they? What did they say? What did they do to you? Well, just hand out some some information. Because I because I just got this from a guy walking by too. He handed me a flyer. Mm-hmm. So somebody's tried to hand you a flyer. So somebody's tried to convert you. Is that right? Yeah, in a way, yeah. In a sense, so, yeah. What about friends? 
You've got friends, I presume. Do you have any Christian friends? Yes, I do. Have they tried to witness to you or share their faith with you? Not really, no. Hmm. What are you, religiously? Um, I'm an atheist. An atheist? Yeah. So you don't believe in God at all? No. How come? Well, in my family, I've nobody's religious, so, you know... But you're a man, that. and you've thought these things through a little bit, right? Yeah. And you've concluded there's there's no evidence of God? Um, I don't believe in any of the institutional systems of God, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there may be some kind of power which is above all of us. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I can believe in one particular system. I'm what are you just, studying at Georgia Tech? Aerospace engineering. Aerospace engineering. So engineering, yeah. things that are designed and structured. Yeah. If I gave you the argument of design, the argument of complexity, mm-hmm. that, for instance, we look at this railing going up these stairs, we look at these stairs, yeah. and there's, what, 15, 20 stairs, but they're put together so in such an organized fashion, somebody had to make them. Yes. Right behind us are a bunch of plants and there's a universe above us and stars, and it's all really organized. Yeah. Yeah, Just there like are probably I can, some rules behind it. Probably some rules and a rule maker yeah. and a rule enforcer. So that would be God. Yeah, if that's Fair the definition enough. of God, I believe in God, yeah. Okay. But now you there's, figure out there's who a it difference is. between believing in some something which makes the world behind us and going to church every Sunday mm-hmm. and such things. You're right. There is a difference. Yeah. Would this be a logical conclusion? I look at human beings, and if human beings have been designed by God, and I look at the attributes of people, and one of the things that I notice is they communicate. You and I are talking. Mm-hmm. We share information. Yeah. Would it be reasonable to conclude that if God made us, and if I communicate, then, okay. hmm, he must communicate. So now my question is, has the Creator communicated with people? Is there any evidence that, let's call him God, that God has desired to share information with us. Does anybody claim to have a revelation from God? And I think you've got people like Christianity, and you've got Hinduism and Buddhism, and you've got Mormonism and Islam, all claim that God has spoken, and they've got the truth. So now I'm asking myself the question, are any of them true? I know you don't like institutionalized religion, Mm -hmm. but just because you don't like what man has turned it into doesn't change the fact that God exists and he's spoken. So now the question is, do any of those religions have the truth? That's the key. Does any religion have the truth? Well, for me, no, no, because I don't believe in any religion. But that doesn't answer the question, are any of them true? I don't know. Okay. So what is the true claim about Christianity? Do you know what it is? Mm, No. No? Okay. Christianity claims to be the only true religion. It basically says all the other religions you can put into a circle and they all say one thing. Do. Do stuff. And maybe God, whoever that is, will be pleased with you. Christianity stands alone and says you can't do enough to be pleasing to God. Because we are innately bad people. Would you agree with that, that human beings are basically bad? Do you think you're a good person? What does good mean? Good question. (laughs) Let's say the standard for good is God's standard. 
If God had a standard, let's say it's the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. For instance, thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal, thou shall not murder, commit adultery. Have well, you told any I... lies? Yes. Okay. Have you stolen anything? Um, no. Nothing? No. But are there really criteria for being good? Is there one? Are these really criteria for being good? Well, I think that every society agrees that lying and stealing and murder is bad. And yeah. I think the reason is it's our conscience yeah. that tells us these things are bad. When you tell okay. a lie, you know that you do Yeah, wrong. that's a bad thing, but does that make you a bad person? Well, this is a little bit extreme, but how many bad things does somebody need to do to be a bad person? Yeah. One murder, you're a murderer. One rape, Maybe you're two. a rapist. Yeah. One lie, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. One, one angry thought, you're a murderer at heart. Yeah. You don't do the act, but you murder in the heart. What about lusting? Looking at women, having yeah. sexual desires. Mm-hmm. You're smirking. <laughs> okay, that would be one of God's standards, that your thought life should be pure. Not just what you do, but what goes on inside of your head and your heart. So based on that standard... Would you be considered a good person or a bad person? I can't answer that question. That's... Uncomfortable. No, that's not uncomfortable. That's just... It's difficult to say if someone is good or bad. I can say I do something good or I do something bad, but... A person is a whole set of good things and bad things. I agree. It's just not black and white. Well, this, the question I think that comes into play is the concept of justice. Yeah. Because if a criminal stood before a judge and said, Judge, I broke the law, whatever it happens to be, but I've done good things. Mm-hmm. I've paid my taxes. I gave money to charity. Yeah. Would the judge say, oh, never mind. Turns out you're a good guy. I'll set you free. Or would the judge say... It's really irrelevant. It has nothing to do with your court case. Your court case says that you're a guilty criminal and you can plead your goodness all you want, but you still have justice to satisfy. Yeah. So you... But the justice of a judge is not the justice of God. Unless God is the judge. Yeah. Then it would be the justice of the judge. Yeah. Okay. And that seems to make sense that the one who made us owns us and we're responsible to him and should answer to him wouldn't that be reasonable of your creator to say I'm going to have you give an account because I own you and I've got rules and I've given you a conscience that you can know right and wrong are you buying any of this or are you just kind of going along with me and being a a polite Frenchman (laughs) I'm polite but I, I, I agree so the good news about Christianity is all these other religions say, try really hard. Mm-hmm. This will be like a worldview. This will be like a world religion class in a nutshell. All of these say, do, 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 try hard, lose your desires, lose your lusts, do good things, give money, visit a location, say your prayers, and maybe things will go well with you. Christianity says, nope, doesn't work that way. You're a guilty criminal, and the just judge of all the world must give you what you've earned for yourself and he describes it as hell that people who rebel against God who break his laws will earn for themselves punishment that is justice but God is good and he's rich in mercy and he desires to save you his desire is not to send you to hell 
but to rescue you from hell. But there's tension now. He's got to punish you because you've been bad. But he's good and he wants to save you. So, to make sure that justice is satisfied, so that he doesn't turn his back, if a judge said, well, I'm just really nice and I'm going to let all the criminals go, that wouldn't be right. If he's a good judge, he has to punish the lawbreakers. So God, in his mercy, sent his son, Christianity is named after Jesus Christ, to take the punishment that you deserve. I don't know if you've heard the story about Jesus living on earth and dying on a cross. So when Jesus was hanging on a cross, God was looking basically at you. The punishment that you deserve was put on Jesus. All the bad things you've done... Jesus took the punishment for so that your court case could be satisfied. Your debt to God has been paid by Jesus if you will repent and put your trust in him. If you'll turn from your sins and trust in his works and not your own, his goodness credited to your account so that you could be set free and made right with God. That's the good news of Christianity. These all say do and good luck. This one says it's been done for you and I'm kind and I'll save you because I actually love you even though you've been a bad sinner. That's what Christianity is. Yes. God is love, and he desires to save you. So you have now been officially witnessed to in America. <laughs> All right? Somebody okay. has now tried to convert you here yeah. in America. Yeah. I'm pleading with you. Listen to your conscience, and if it troubles you, think about the good news that Jesus Christ offers. Fair enough? Yeah. You've been very tolerant. Yeah, and I like the way you talk to me. That, oh. that was more open-minded to seeing the jacket. Well, I'm glad. Young man, I hope school goes well for you. Thanks. Okay, goodbye. See you. And now I'd like to pray an imprecatory prayer on that tractor. <laughs> it's this Wednesday. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk, who officially took over Twitter last month in a bid to restore free speech on the platform, confirmed earlier this week that Apple has threatened to pull Twitter from the App Store amid Musk's moves to loosen speech restrictions and restore banned accounts. Earlier in the week, Musk responded in the affirmative to a tweet asking whether Apple, which produces nearly half of all smartphones used in the United States, was threatening Twitter's presence in the App Store and went on to say that he would go as far as to make his own smartphone if Apple and Google chose not to support Twitter on their devices. Yeah, you know, I don't want to put so much stock into one person, but it seems to me Elon Musk is not the type of guy you want to go to war with. Well, with the help of dozens of air quote Republicans, the U.S. will now redefine marriage to include homosexual relations. And ultimately, it means it's going to be open season on Christians and churches if you think two men or two women or any combination of people, animals, and objects can't be married. I can see the lawsuits coming 10 miles away. Disney's new old CEO Bob Iger, who recently returned to the top spot after CEO Bob Chappick was ousted for losing the company tons and tons of money and market share, recently said during a town hall event with employees that he desires to advance social causes but in a more subdued fashion, and he personally regrets that his predecessor decided to publicly battle Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. 
Iger says he does not like the company being involved in controversy as it can be distracting and have a negative impact on the company, something Chaffick did not seem to care about whatsoever. Well, it doesn't seem to be a surprise to many people, but thousands of convicted pedophiles in California have served less than a year in prison after committing lewd acts with children under 14 years of age, according to a new investigative report. The Daily Mail analyzed a statewide database of sex offenders that showed more than 7,000 child molesters were released within months after federal authorities sentenced them to prison. A child abuse prosecutor in the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office said that this was shameful and most of the sex offenders who have been released early have not been rehabilitated whatsoever. How can they be? Suspected Fulani herdsmen and other terrorists in the past month have killed at least 30 Christians in Nigeria, where they also demanded payment for a corpse after collecting ransom for a Christian they kidnapped and killed. As we tell you frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you continuously pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Revelation. Is the Bible really God's Word, or is it just a collection of human ideas? Here are a few words the Bible uses to describe itself. Perfect, God-breathed, authoritative, without error, the Word of the living God. The Bible is God's inspired and trustworthy Word to humanity, through which He makes Himself known and continues to draw us to Himself. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's Witness Wednesday here at Georgia Tech. And hopefully this young man who is clearly smart because he's sitting in a shade tree reading a book will take just a moment and have a chat with me on the radio. Young man, can I talk yeah. to you on the radio for a minute? Yeah. All right, what are, you, what are you reading here? What do you got? I've got The Tipping Point. Which is? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. What is it about? Uh, he's wrote, I believe, two or three books recently. Uh, Blink. Let me look at that. Can I touch this? Yeah. Okay, it says how little things can make a big difference. So what are the little things that he's told you make a difference? Um, he, he parallels it to um, like a, a, a viral epidemic, something like that. Um, that's, so he gives that example that just like in, in terms of an epidemic, you know, where there's disease, that one thing can make a huge uh, spread of information. So I see. Now there was another. Where was the other? You had another book that yeah. was sitting here. What, what's that? Uh, the Bible. All right. So the, you are a Christian, I presume, or you're Correct. just checking it out? No, I am a Christian. Okay. So then I'm going to now have you harmonize the Bible and the tipping point. Put the two together. Mm, that's uh, on the spot. Interesting. Um, well, I mean, I would think historically. One man's life, Jesus Christ, I mean, is now a major religion of the world. I mean, so he, would in you 30 say years, that he or is the tipping point? Uh, of Christianity, yeah. How's about so. of the world? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay. So how then do you use the information from the tipping point and combine it with your Christianity? Uh, never really thought about that, actually. Could it be summarized in the Great Commission? Go and make disciples 
of all nations, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you. That is, I'm not sure exactly. No, I don't know. What, As a is, Christian, yeah. mm -hmm. if Jesus is the tipping point, mm -hmm. the information to go out to all the world, your assignment then would be to get on board with the program and right. to do that. Correct. Yeah. If okay. I believe that he is God and I'm following him in obedience. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to save you the calories of going to Bangladesh. Okay. Bring your beliefs to me. Tell me about the tipping point. Okay. Um, I believe that uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that all men are sinners, that we, no matter how good we are, whether we're uh, Mother Teresa or Hitler, we're all sin sinners. I mean, that's a wide spectrum of individuals. Okay. You know, we, would, we would clearly say one is good and one is bad. Um, I think I'm good. Do you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm a good guy too. There you go. Uh, but at the same time, I know my heart that there are areas in my heart where I have hatred, have hated people, or I've lied or sent, you know, have anything like that that we consider wrong. And I've got need to have a savior if I want to interact with a God who says that He's holy and perfect. To interact with a God who says He's holy and perfect. Mm -hmm. So I should become a Christian so I can interact with God. Is that what you just told me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... And what if I, I believe that statue in front of me, that's God, and I interact with it when I think about it, I ponder it, I focus on it. That's my God, and I interact just fine. I don't think I need your tipping point. So you don't think that... So you have a relationship with that statue. You may, but does it have a relationship back to you? I mean, I, I can sit here and stare at it, but it's not going to interact with me, I wouldn't think. Yeah, but it... It does the job. It gets me through the day. Satisfies that little that little need I have inside. It scratches that spiritual itch. So I don't know that I need your particular tipping point. That is a big question, I mean, is it not? To look, yeah. I mean, what, what is, is truth? Truth, right. Ultimately, it comes down to what is truth. And then what, what do you think truth is? I think truth, I mean, to sum it up shortly, I mean, hey, I mean God is truth. We, we have a creator, and... We were designed to interact with that creator. Sin came into the picture. Because of that, that relationship was broken. And from that point on, I think God has been pursuing man, you know, me. Uh, okay, well, I can I've tell you, that's, that's not my truth. My truth is that statue. <laughs> now, how do we settle that stalemate? Are we both right, or is one of us wrong? No, we can't both be right. I mean, if, if something is absolute, then there's a right and a wrong. Okay, so who's right, me or you? We have to base that off of something that we... something that's different from both of us, and we look Fair at enough. that and compare it to that. And Fair enough. Okay, what have, you, what have you got that you would bring to your case to plead that you are correct and I am wrong? Uh, well, I think we'd go... I, I mean, I'm going to go through the Bible... Okay. I mean, not my words or my... So you would be willing to say that I, as a statue worshiper, Father, right, right. I'm wrong. Yes. Would you, you be willing to say, to say if that. I am a Hindu, I am wrong? Yes. Okay. I am a Muslim who worships Allah. Am I wrong? I would say yes. That's correct. All right. I mean, I think the gospel is... 
I mean, it is confrontational. I mean, at times it is because it says there's only one right. way to God. So you told me that the reason I should consider becoming a Christian is to be able to interact with God. Mm-hmm. Is that the biggie? That's the big selling point. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, God has, he, he designed you, created you. And what about can. the idea of heaven and hell? Where does that play into the picture? Oh, as the ultimate what consequence for not following God? I mean, I'm no uh, theologian, but I think that from what you know, I've read, I mean, God, ultimately, hell is when God has no involvement in your life at all. I mean, you're totally separated from Him. And what does that feel like? Because right now, I think I can handle that. Because frankly, He's uh, not in my life right now. So whoop de doo on hell. Well, um, I think in all of our lives, there's a, there's a grace that hey, I'm able to breathe. I'm I'm somewhat healthy. Things what about the idea well of lake of sulfur, weeping and gnashing of teeth? Is that going on in hell? Yeah, I, I would. Why? Think. Because there's total misery. Why and separation from why? From God. Why would there be misery? Yeah, because we're not. We're not fulfilling the purpose that God designed for us to do, which is ultimately to worship Him. Is there anything else? I don't know. No. Not that I know off the top of my head. What about my lying and lusting and anger and blasphemy? Which are ultimately... Sins. Yeah, disobedience. Disobedience. Really, I mean, all of that, those are decisions where I said, I don't value God as much as I do this... You know, my choice to lie or to make myself look good or to lust. Who's one of your favorite theologians? John Piper. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. I could hear that language in you. For whatever this is worth, just for the sake of clarification, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between heaven and hell in that heaven has been won for us. It has been earned for us. It has been done for us. Hell is what we've earned for ourselves. Uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we it's the that. payment that God gives to us for not just not desiring Him, which is a which is a sin. See, it's not just that we're not esteeming the better thing; it's because that's a wicked sin. Mm-hmm. We go to heaven because of faith in Jesus Christ. We don't right. go to hell because of lack of faith in Jesus Christ. We go to hell because of the sin of the lack of faith in Jesus Christ and all the other sins like lying and blasphemy and cheating and stealing and lusting all of, we go to hell because of our sins mm-hmm. we go to heaven because of faith that's a that's a big distinction worth making okay how does somebody two things i'm setting you up here it's on okay. a tee what okay. must i do to be saved there's two things what are they i have to realize that i am a sinner no what do i need to do now what, now, what do I need to know? Oh, so you're telling me one of the things I need to do I've got to is recognize know. that I okay, don't fair have... Enough. All right, keep going. Um, All right, I want to interview you again. Go ahead. I'm, I'm in need of a Savior. And okay. the second is to acknowledge that the only way to salvation is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then ultimately, obedience, you know, by my recognition of that, it'll be evidenced by my obedience to follow him. But that would be the evidence. Mm-hmm. But obedience is not what I must do to be saved. Correct? 
Correct. No, no. Mm. Obedience is because of salvation. Right. Obedience does not cause salvation. I agree. Right. There's two words that the Bible uses. Repentance and faith. Turning from your sins, not just acknowledging them, but turning from mm-hmm. your sins, not in perfection, but direction, and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. Repentance and faith, Jesus proclaimed, mm-hmm. Mark 1.15. Repentance and faith. That's what I must do to become a Christian. And if I don't, God will give me what I've earned for myself, and that is hell because of my sins, the chief of which is not desiring God. True. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right, young man. Thanks for the chat. All right. All right. Thanks. See you. Goodbye. All right. Oh, I'm taking my piece of paper. All right. Thanks very much. No See you. Stay in the shade. We'll keep going. It's Witness Wednesday at Georgia Tech on Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash Wretched. Affordable Biblical Health Sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. So did you hear the 2022 Black Friday statistics? Americans spent more than they ever spent before and walked away with less than they did last year. These must be the Built Back Better holidays or inflation days, thanks to Jolly Joe and his crackpot team. But don't fret, we're not gonna let them stop us from helping you save money. Now through the end of the year, when you spend $50 or more on Wretched products in the Wretched store, you're gonna get a free copy of Transform Season 1 while supplies last, plus free shipping. That's a free copy of Transform Season 1 plus free shipping. So get on over to the Wretched store right now at wretched.org sale and start saving. That's wretched.org sale. And together, we can show Jolly Joe that Wretched is recession-free. Wretched.org sale. That's wretched.org sale. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free and loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched hermeneutics 
A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in Scripture is prophecy. Prophetic books record God's warnings to Israel and other nations of the consequences of continued rebellion against Him and the blessings waiting those who trust Him for salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Excuse me, Mr. Yellow Jacket. You've got a pleasant look on your face. May I talk to you on the radio while you're walking? Um, kind of in a rush. Um, I won't even slow you down. All right. I'll walk with you. Okay. All right, what, what are you rushing to? Uh, just I need to grab something from the library. Something from the library. All right, here's my, here's my question. I'm going to give you a little analogy. You tell me what you think about it. Okay. I'm going to work with the library deal. I look at a book, and I see all the letters, the characters on a page. Uh-huh. And I conclude, somebody wrote this thing because there's no way that all these letters could randomly appear on a page giving me information that's valuable and important. Therefore, I look at a book, and I conclude there's an author. Okay. Fair enough? Yeah. What I just tried to share with that fellow is, I look at the creation, all organized and designed, yeah. and I conclude there's a creator. Do you agree that those are reasonable conclusions to make in both scenarios? Uh, seems logical. If you can uh, look at the earth and make the analogy of a book... But well, the the Earth would be more complex than the book, so that would actually strengthen my argument, wouldn't it? Yeah, yes and no. The more intricately designed, the more complex the designer. Well, that's true, but if that's the case, who designed the designer? Well, that's a very fair question. Yeah. But if we do that, ultimately, something has to be infinite. Otherwise, because um, we just have an infinite regress, it keeps going back and back and back. So the buck has to stop somewhere. Uh, not necessarily. It could just be beyond our comprehension. I mean, we think fairly linearly. I agree with it that. It could be yeah. something completely nonlinear, and then we just don't understand. Right. Okay. Do you think this is a reasonable statement? All right. I'm not, I'm not Dr. Phil, so I'm not trying to psychoanalyze yeah. it. Yeah. That if God doesn't exist, if we simply can put that idea on a shelf, that yeah. there's a different explanation, even though this one seems pretty logical. Yeah. If there is no God, then... I pretty much can be autonomous, and I have nobody to answer to. No. Do you, do you think that is even possibly motivating your inclination to reject what's seemingly reasonable? No, because I mean, we as humans have a basic set of morals and values, and at the end of the day, most people are selfish, I agree, and feel that they should only answer to ourselves. Right. But we do live in a society, we do have other people to answer to. You know, we can't we can't get away with murder, for example, and things of that sort. Right. So, I, I don't think it's not believing in a creator, for example, as a license to do whatever. Where do you, you want. think that sense comes from? That sense of justice that you just described, your conscience. Uh, our, my conscience. Well, it's you know from family, from child raising. I'm sure there's some instinctive things in there as well. Is it possible that somebody above us had to place it there because without an objective standard of morality, we'd really be writing all of our own rules. But we seem to have a relatively consistent standard of rules that had to come from an objective moral lawgiver. True. And uh, I agree with you. And I don't know how much of that is society, how much of that is just... You know, something natural that's occurring. All right, you're being really patient with me, and I yeah. appreciate it. I'm going to try something a little tough, and then I'll let you scoot. Okay. okay. I would proclaim to you, you have a maker. Yeah. He put you together. 
intricately designed you and he's yeah. given you a conscience and I want to poke into that conscience for a moment. Yeah. What does your conscience tell you right now? Are you a good person or a bad person? I think I'm generally a good person. Yeah. All right, I'm going to start poking away. How many lies have you told in your life? Um, more than a couple. Okay. So if I've told more than a couple of lies, yeah. you might be inclined to call me a person who tells lies is a... Sinner. Specifically a liar. Liar, okay. okay. How many things have you stolen in your life? I don't think I've really stolen anything, at least not consciously. music, didn't work a full full shift. No, I, for the most part, I stay pretty honest. Okay. How many times have you taken God's name in vain? Use um, God's name in a bad way. Um, Instead of genuinely thanking the Creator, you kind of dragged it through the mud by expressing it in a disgusted kind of way. Um, probably more than a couple of times. Okay. Lust. Looking at a woman with sexual desire. Yeah. Well, I'm married, so isn't that not a well, sin? Even, well, if you've looked at other women, whether you're married or not, and lusted, that's adultery of the heart. You basically fornicated in your mind. See, I've never believed in that because if God created lust in order for us to procreate, for example, why is it a sin for us to be sexually attracted to someone? Very fair question. We have those desires, and they can be good if given only to our wife. But the yeah. problem is, you're a guy, I'm a guy. The reality is, yeah. we don't act purely. We wander off the track of the parameters that God gave. Go ahead and, and have those emotions about your wife, but not about anybody else. And if we're honest, we know that we've done that countless times. Mm -hmm. Daily. Okay, so here's my pleading with you. If you died, and the Creator brought you into his courtroom to give you an account because he's into justice, that sense of right and wrong, that knowledge of right and wrong, because he is the standard of right and wrong, and he opened up the books on your life, and he saw that you were guilty of breaking the laws of truth-telling, and being kind to people, and being pure at heart, and being pure in speech. Mm -hmm. You'd be guilty, just like, well, frankly, everybody else would. What would God do to you if he's a God of justice? Would he reward you for law-breaking, or would he punish you for your law-breaking? Well, if we truly had a soul, and if it's in the construct of, you know, the rules in, say, heaven are the same as the rules in the ground, then, in theory, that I agree with that if you're a Christian. If, and if the Christian doctrine is, in fact, absolutely true, which I'm sure all Christians believe. But what do you, how, what is, how does God view someone who of a different faith? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Are, is, are, is he going to punish them for, you know, basically thought crimes that... He was never raised with, never taught against. Well, everybody has that conscience, and everybody has creation. That's true. And, the, and the, the, the question isn't, is it right for me or right for you or what works for me? But the question simply is, what is truth? Period. Exactly. Because if what I'm sharing with you is truth, if I am not submitting to that truth, yeah. it's, it doesn't make any difference what my attitude is, if I think it's right or wrong, if yeah. I think it's true or false. It, it's sort of like if I said to you, I know this is kind of goofy, but if I said, you know, I don't believe in the police, and then I go speeding down the highway, I can say all the way to jail, but I don't believe in you. They're just going to think I'm nuts. Sure. Because they do exist. God does exist. He's given you every evidence and given you that conscience, and you're responsible for that, that knowledge that he's provided for you and for everybody. Yeah. So leaving the people out of Bangladesh out of this for just a moment, you and you alone, 
Okay, just focus on you for just a moment. Yeah. There you are before God. The books are open on your life. I would plead with you to listen to that thing inside of you that says, yikes, if I got what I deserve, I'm in really big trouble. And I would leave you with this thought. The Creator has left you with a solution so that you don't have to go to hell. Because He's good and He's kind. He's just and He gets angry at sinners, but He's also a loving God. The rub here is, you're a guilty criminal. He loves you anyway. He must punish you because he's just, but he loves you, and he wants to forgive you so that you can be with him. But he can't just turn a blind eye to justice. It would be like a judge saying to the criminal, I know you're guilty, but I'm loving, so I'm going to let you go. You go, wait a second, that's not right. Somebody's got to pay the fine for the guilty criminal. Somebody paid your fine. Christianity teaches he sent his son Jesus to live the perfect life, keeping all the laws that you and I have broken, And then he was punished by men and hung on a cross, basically hanging there. God saw you pouring out his wrath on you, but he poured it out on Jesus on your behalf. So that now when he looks at you, he can look at you the way he actually looks at his son. You, the guilty criminal, your crimes were placed on Jesus and the punishment that you deserve was placed on him. And in exchange, his righteousness and his goodness can be credited to your account so that God can be the just and the justifier of the criminal at the same time. The good news of Christianity says you can be set free because your your fine has been paid by Jesus Christ. God is rich in mercy, and he loved you so much, he sent his son to die for you. I would simply leave you with the thought, listen to your conscience, look at the creation, and think about what Jesus Christ, the God-man, did for you And it should help you to go, it all makes sense. It just makes sense. It makes sense of the whole big picture. My conscience can be eased, my sins can be forgiven, and I can be brought into a right relationship with the creator of the universe. That is good news indeed, and it should cause you to repent. So I'm not going to club you or sign you up for a cult. I'm walking away from you now, and I'm probably never going to see you again. I'm here to beg with you to think earnestly about these things. And there's no reason that you should reject this amazing offer of his kindness. It's an offer of kindness. And so I'm asking you to think about it today. Fair enough? Um, to be honest, I'm probably not going to think about it because I'm, I know the doctrine. At the end of the day, i got to go with what my conscience, my heart tells me is right. And, and I, I promise to live a good life and you know be kind to others and try to do good things with my life and to help others. But whether or not uh, to accept Jesus as, and as my Savior, I, I, I have my own beliefs, and I will stick with those. All right. Goodbye. All right. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank it's you for putting up with me. Right. Thanks very much. All right, young man. Goodbye. Until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>